Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. If this is your first time here, welcome here, of course. Um, I am so over the moon, actually, right now to hear that there are so many new people tuning into the podcast, and I just really want to thank you right off the bat for choosing this podcast because I know there are tons. I will actually get to the fact about how many of them there really are um, in a bit here, but there are tons of podcasts, and so I just thank you for choosing mine and listening. Now, if you are a regular listener, you may recall that I said I was going to be doing a podcast um, and actually I was going to release it on Sunday with Marissa Iman and we were going to have this lovely conversation about cycles as women in business but my microphone broke which meant that the audio was all choppy. Choppy is like the best way to describe it, the kindest way to describe it. Um, Marissa and I sounded like we were singing instead of having a conversation because our voices were overlapping like crazy. So If you have a podcast, you know that this actually could be remedied, but it would take hours of work and probably a lot of swearing on my part to edit it. So instead of giving myself that kind of stress, I just texted Marissa and said, do you mind re-recording sometime? And she said, of course, no problem, because she's so understanding. And also, she is a podcaster and understands the world of terrible audio and how it is not good to have terrible audio. But I am not letting a sound malfunction get me down. Um, I actually have a new pod, new microphone in hand today, and it's uh, half a day late or 12 hours late and a couple dollars shorter, but I am here now. And so here we go. Um, So yeah, I don't have a guest this week as promised. And I know you're probably thinking, oh my God, what is she going to be droning on about this week? But don't worry, this is going to be a super duper one. And it's really timely because I'm actually breathing down the neck of this podcast two-year anniversary. And so I've been at this time hearing a lot of folks murmuring about starting a podcast of their own. And I wanted to go ahead and give you my insights this uh, thus far in my journey and really just the most comprehensive information I could put together on the ins and outs as you seek to answer the question for yourself, should I start a podcast? Let's begin with a little story time, shall we? Um, Okay, so rewinding to March of 2019, that's when I really decided I was gonna be doing this. And myself and eight other members of She Built This, we took a class together on podcasting. So what we did was we went to a small recording studio in Amherst, New Hampshire, and we actually had to split into two small groups. And he taught us basically everything you would wanna know and more about the tech side of podcasting. He walked us through the equipment that we needed, how to record, how to edit, what to consider when you're starting, um, and a lot more than that. I actually, so I took the class twice because I went with each of the groups and I walked away and still felt overwhelmed. And I actually considered like just throwing the towel in then and not going forward. But because I really wanted to do this and at the time, it was like, oh, well, my my podcast is going to be the best possible sounding podcast ever, like Joe Rogan. Um, you know, Nature Basket's going to sponsor me and Sattva Mattress. So, you know, 
I decided I was going to start by using his studio and having him just do the editing and the recording for me. So what I would do is I would go, I would pick one day a week and I would record three to four episodes at a time. And he even for a hot second, started out as my co-host. So if you want a good laugh, you can go back and listen to episode one of this podcast and you'll get some real shits and giggles. Actually, don't do that because I want you to still like me. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, as with most things when we are starting out, um, I just didn't know what I didn't know. And all I knew was that this was a dream of mine to start a podcast. And at the time I was interviewing New Hampshire women in business to hear their stories. So I paid this guy quite a bit of money to edit and record the episodes for me. All I had to do was float in, show up, and have my guests show up, hopefully at the same time as me, so we could record the episodes. Um, At that time, very few people were Zooming in. I think we only had like four guests total Zoom or Skype in to be interviewed, and they had to have a really good reason, like a bunny being sick, or they had to stay home with a kid or something, because otherwise I would make them get into that studio and sit with me. Um, You know, or if they like lived across the country, I think we had one lady actually who was in Arizona when she was recording. So Everybody else, though, they showed up in person, and the sound quality truly was beyond amazing. Um, My guests were always blown away. People would ask me if this was my only gig when they came to the studio, and I think a, a lot of that has actually stayed with some people to this day. I'm like, no, podcasting is not my only gig. It's a myth, though, that I secretly love. Um, I'm not planning on busting it anytime soon. I actually think I might have just busted it, but anyway... When I started out, my podcast was definitely not a money money bringer. It was a money taker, um, a passion project, if you will. And it is still, to this day, the same thing. I think it would be funny, though, if those guests could see me now. I'm like recording from my closet, sitting next to my socks and pajamas. (laughs) I don't do that when I'm interviewing guests. But for my solo episodes, I do definitely get cozy in my closet. So as I said, I would was at the recording studio and I was paying quite substantially for every episode. Um, the trade-off though was that I didn't have to do any of the work on the tech stuff. I just had to market it and send it off into the world. And even that, it was a little touch and go because um, the editor often got them to me a little bit more last minute than I would like. I really, really love planning ahead. Last minute is not my style. If you know me, I like to be on it. And I publish my episodes at 3.33 on Wednesday mornings, not a minute later. Um, Obviously, this morning was an exception. So, you know, even having somebody else edit the episodes for me had its pros and cons. Story time over. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about your goal if it is one to have a podcast and what's really involved. I'm not going to get too deep today into what kind of equipment you should buy. You can Google all that or I would love to have a chat about about it with you one-on-one um, and then we can go more in depth. But I really do invite you to consider some of these things if a podcast is a dream of yours. I'm going to be addressing some questions that people shared in the She Built This group and then other questions that I hear floating about the internet Facebook group world. So question number one, audio. Um, this is a this is where you need to begin. How are you with an audio style approach to delivering to your people? We all have a wheelhouse. I don't really love video. 
Um, I have a near and dear friend who is amazing at video. She does so well on Facebook Live, but she says that when it gets to audio, she freezes up a little bit because once it's out there, you can't edit it. Now, it's true. It's really no big deal to go back and fix that Instagram or Facebook content or blog post, but a podcast, once it's out there, it's pretty much out there as is. And there are, of course, ways to take it down. Um, but once a person has downloaded it, they've pretty much, they they have it in their clutches. Um, so if you're a person that stumbles over yourself or you don't really enjoy audio as your preferred format, start thinking about that because you're going to want to, you're going to want to know if this is for you in even that capacity. There are all sorts of ways to help yourself out if you're not naturally an audio kind of person. You can start working on your speaking skills in other ways. Um, I actually joined an organization for that very thing. You can record and re-record your episodes so that you have a chance to practice them. You can write notes and bullet points to keep yourself on track. But I do think it's an important question to really dig in and ask yourself, how do you feel about audio? Some people don't like the sounds of their own voice. Um, so I want you to really start with these things because these are the things that will trip you up, even if you have all of the other parts and pieces perfectly in place, this will hold you back if you're going to sit there and try to edit out every um, ah, ooh, la, la. I know because I did it. I would sit there for two hours on Sunday afternoons and make sure that I didn't have a single um, ah, or, you know, all those things. Um, But having a podcast alone, if you're willing to start imperfectly, it's going to help you get the practice that you need. It will help you to find your voice and to get comfortable with what you want to say. So, you know, that's part of the reason I love a podcast so much is because I'm actually not super duper great at audio deliveries. I am really good with the written word and I wanted to actively get better at my ability to have words come out of my mouth in a succinct way. Um, I'm always trying to be a little bit more eloquent with my verbal processing. And so what do I do? I practice. The solo episodes, of course, they help me to really deeply practice. Um, well, at the moment, my my interview skills, they've come a long way, but I am still no Terry Gross from Fresh Air. I am a total work in progress, and you will be too. You have to remind yourself of that, that your first episodes, they might be a little rough. Again, just go back and listen to my first episode if you don't believe me. Um, it's just something you need to know and be aware of and be okay with. You have to be okay with not putting it out there perfectly. And if audio is not your number one comfort zone, you have to work on some ways to help yourself feel a little less scared and more comfortable of it, with it. See? (laughs) All right, let's talk about time. How much time does a podcast require of you? The answer to this is easy. It depends. Um, For me, a podcast takes approximately one hour to record, that is with or without a guest, takes me about an hour to edit when I have a guest, and a solid two hours behind the scenes of coordinating schedules, writing up show notes, getting it all into the right places on social media, coming up with the graphics. That's easily four hours an episode, give or take, depending on the situation. Now, you can outsource a lot of that. Um, Keep in mind the cost of outsourcing involved as you do. I don't know how much a podcast editor is anymore. I know at the you know, when I was recording in someone's studio, I was paying about $150 per episode. As I mentioned at the beginning, 
It was a lot. You can also use other tools. Some people don't edit at all. Some people have a publisher that sends a post right out from the platform that they're sharing to. My process is pretty hands-on. I like to tailor my blurbs and put my own brain power into each and every post that I do and really get my hands on every episode. This is also why when things go wrong, like with Marissa's, I don't want to cut corners and just post it anyway. I take it very personally and very seriously, and it is discouraging for me when audio is messed up or when the intro music is too loud. But again, you can outsource all of these things. So time, as I said, depends. But I would really urge you to probably estimate that it's going to be about two hours per episode from all the different parts and pieces that you have to put in. And I haven't even included email marketing. That's a whole, you know, some some people send out an entire email every single time they do a podcast episode. That's a chunk of time. So content, this is probably the most important one, right? What do you want to talk about on your podcast? Now, as you may have guessed as a content writer, this is my absolute favorite part of the discussion. I love talking with people about what they're going to talk about. Um, And the truth is, there is a podcast for pretty much anything and everything. So there's like literally no wrong answer here. I actually found a podcast about, no, I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you, but it had me cracking up all weekend. There are like 2 million podcasts out there, almost 2 million, and 47 million podcast episodes. So Like I start with all of my content clients, you can share anything from personal stuff, business stuff, you can use it to promote, you can use it to inspire, really whatever you want, depending on what your desired outcome is. So the question to start asking yourself is, who is your audience? What do they need or want to hear about from you? And then Does that pair up with what you actually want to talk about? You have to think about that when considering content. It often means that there's going to be an element of planning or prepping the content. Um, And it helps to help yourself by answering some of these questions from the get-go. So Jessica Principe asked on Facebook, how does one go about planning their content and not running out of good ideas Great question. Oh, she also asked, how do you structure episodes so they're valuable without giving away the farm? Love this question. And Jessica, I would really love a chance to sit down with you and brainstorm some of these things. To give you some background, Jessica owns a company called All Girl Shave Club. And she's really shown herself to be quite the subscription box guru. Um, So Jessica, I think you could begin by sitting down and mapping out a list of your content ideas. What does everyone need to know when starting a subscription box? How did you start yours? Um, The questions that you get asked on a regular basis are episodes in and of themselves. Every single question that you get asked, every single question that you answer. I would venture to say that probably every process you do during the day, Jessica, is another episode. And then I know you have other things going on like Facebook ads, marketing, running a business with kids and a husband and somehow still rocking it, things that you see in business that bug you or get under your skin. Every time you get an idea for content, write it down, my friends, write it down. My content plan used to be a lot like the wild, wild west. 
If I had a guest, I would do a guest episode. If I had a solo episode, I would just wait for a thought to hit me in the shower. Um, but I'm being far more intentional with my own themes and I'm correlating them to the She Built This VIP group whenever possible. But I really also want to start bringing things in from my content business too. And so as I get ideas like this one, for example, is a fantastic one. Um, I just let that idea simmer away until it's ready to uh, explode onto the page into nice, neat and tidy bullet points, and then I let it loose. Um, but it usually takes me about two weeks to really sit with the topic and get clear on it. Unless I have like a life lesson, those are sometimes easier. So FYI, back to Jessica, um, content is something I love to brainstorm with people. I'm so beyond happy to help you and anyone else who's listening who wants help with that. We'll talk about that later. Of course, when you have a guest, you also need to do a little legwork on them to make sure that you're making them feel comfortable, you're asking the right questions because you wanna pull out the juicy stuff. You wanna pull out all their tips and tricks. When you're going solo, like this episode, you kind of wanna reverse engineer that and ask yourself questions. What are the questions you would wanna ask yourself if you were interviewing yourself to get the point across? I know that you probably thought podcasting was all about the Benjamins, but it's really all about the questions. So like I said, though, there are podcasts about everything, so there's no wrong answer in regards to what you want to talk about. And you just have to put some time and thought into what kind of content will yours be? What will the purpose be? To educate, inspire, promote, just have fun? There's absolutely not, not a wrong answer, just something you want to put some thought into ahead of time. All right, let's talk about consistency. They say that consistency is key, and sometimes I disagree, but in this case, I think that they are 100% right. When you're consistent with your podcast releases, it's popping up into your subscribers' feed and keeping you top of mind on a regular, ongoing basis. Now, in addition to just being consistent with your episodes, you also want to be consistent with your messaging. So, for example... Every episode, I know I need to consistently invite you to join me in the She Built This group at shebuiltthis.org. I need to consistently ask you to leave me for leave me reviews in iTunes to help me grow the podcast, and I need to consistently on my own market the podcast in order to keep the momentum going. Oh, and I also need to consistently remind you that I'm hilarious, lest you ever forget that. So that's part of being consistent too, is being consistent in your messaging in the podcast. Here's a great question for yourself. How do you do with consistent tasks? Do you love them? Loathe them? Do you do them for a while and then give up completely? And back to the topic of consistency, what frequency do you want? Do you want your podcast to be a weekly, monthly, more than weekly? I've seen some people as they're launching, they do three podcasts a week. Do you want to just do a podcast whenever you feel the urge? Remember, people have a lot of podcast options. There's almost 2 million podcasts out there. So what will get them to listen to your podcast once a week, multiple times a week, etc.? All right. We're moving on here to the goal. What is the goal of your podcast? Do you want to be known as most hilarious podcaster ever? Sorry, I'm planning on owning that title, not to stifle your dreams or anything, but what 
is your goal for your audience with putting this podcaster out there? What do you want your listeners to understand and realize? What do you want them to know how to do? How do you want them to feel? What do you want them to think? Do you want to be the next Oprah or Brene Brown and drop inspiration like it's hot? Do you want to deliver quick and snappy business tips? It's really important to ask yourself what your goal is for the podcast. But on another level, what's the goal for you? That's another important question to ask yourself. Are you trying to do this to gain confidence or find your voice? Or maybe you have a business-related goal for yourself that you're trying to grow your coaching business or your social media marketing client work, or you wanna sell copies of your book and fill your membership. So it's important to ask, what is your goal for your audience? What is your goal for you? And remember, you need to be consistent to coming back to that goal constantly and reminding yourself and others of where you're trying to take them. If you hadn't already guessed, my goal, as I said, is to be the most hilarious podcaster ever, which I have to keep reminding you of consistently. All right, time for some fun. Let's talk about the guests. Will your podcast have guests? This is a very important question. You don't need to decide now. You can decide once you get rolling. You can decide after you've had a few guests. You can decide after you haven't had a few guests and you get tired of talking to yourself. But if you are gonna start with guests, who will your guests be? How will you find them? Sometimes great guests fall into your laps. Yes, your multiple laps. But really, sometimes great guests fall into your lap, but sometimes you need to work a little harder and seek out good ones. I find that you often have to do the work of separating the wheat from the chaff, and it's sometimes a painful lesson. I still learn it on the regular. Um, I find occasionally that I switch everything and I'm like, I want no guests, and that's okay too. It's a lot less editing prep and behind the scenes, but when you don't have guests, you lose out on pulling a whole level of expertise that they have that you don't have, and you also don't get the opportunity for that cross promotion, which I think can be a really, really big perk of having the right guests. Namely, for for you, I know that you probably don't want to hear me talking every single week by myself, and I love pulling out the information from other people. And so that's why I chose to have a mix of solo and guests. It also comes down a little bit to whether or not you're good at babbling away without anyone to talk to or riff off of, or are you better at interviewing and having conversations with people. But again, there's a podcast for any style and you can totally make that decision for whatever feels right for you. All right, let's briefly touch on equipment. Actually, let's just completely skip equipment. See Google. No, just kidding. Um, Equipment is definitely a factor, but I don't know the best stuff or the hottest products. And anyone who says that they do, they are probably just taking you for a ride or have a reason, or maybe they're like an audio engineer and they're going to try to convince you to buy the most expensive microphone on the market. The fact of the matter is equipment and tech really shouldn't hold you back from getting started. I have found people are a little bit more forgiving with patchy audio, typically more forgiving than patchy content. I can bear with a little funky mic happening, but I don't like when the podcast has zero point. So keep that in mind. Your content really, really should 
trump your equipment choices. At the same time, I don't know about you, but I don't like when people are like podcasting while they're on a walk or in their car and are out of breath and all panty. Like that might be your thing. But if you have a, you know, especially if you have like runners in your audience, they might be into that. But I think that having a good sound and being in a relaxing environment can make all the difference. It makes your voice sound better. Your audience will thank you if they don't have to constantly be turning their volume up and down to like stay with what you're saying. And there are simple ways to do that. Like you can just set your room up to be well insulated. You want lots of fabric and as little echo as possible. Um, Hard surfaces echo more. So that's something to keep in mind. The more fabrics you have in your room, the less echoey it will be. I've seen people create boxes where they kind of like their foam boxes and that works really well for them too. And I should probably dig into getting one of those. I'm not going to get into the science of it and sound waves and all this, but essentially sound waves bounce off hard stuff and they get absorbed by soft stuff. Capiche? So you don't want to sound like you're recording from inside a sardine can or something. Also, that would be the smelliest podcast ever. Okay, enough about equipment because I don't really know that much about it, but we could talk about that one-on-one. Co-host, this is a big deal. You can totally choose to have or not have a co-host. Again, your prerogative. A co-host is sometimes lovely and sometimes it can get really weird. I've actually had two. One was my editor and producer when I first started. Everyone commented on how he was like really random because the podcast was called She Built This and he was so clearly a he and I never took time to introduce him. So it was just like this random male peanut gallery every episode. It was hilarious, I'll admit. But after hearing the feedback a couple of times, I agreed with people and I ended up getting a female co-host for a while as well. I would say that having a female co-host, having a co-host really changed my relationship with that person and it's just something you will want to think about for yourself. If this podcast is your dream and your baby, it's important for you to know how you're going to do with somebody who is a co-parent. Here's how you can know, you know when you had to babysit that egg in school and keep it from breaking? My question for you is, did you want someone else helping you with that egg or did you want to just guard it with your life on your own to ensure that you got the good grade? That's how you can know if you want a podcast host, co-host. Okay, I'm kidding. That's not the actual way to know. The actual way to know is to really dive into the nature of collaborations and ensure that your values line up, your goals, your vibes. Um, Again, I'm more than happy to answer questions about this one-to-one. I'm still sometimes tempted to ask one of my friends if they're interested in co-hosting with me, but I don't really, I know myself and I don't think I ever want to do that again. I'm not really a group project kind of gal, but I do like to have somebody as a guest co-host because then I get the best of both worlds. It's just when I have an ongoing co-host, I tend to volunteer for the majority of the legwork And I think it's really important if you do decide to go the route of a co-host to make sure you really spell out at the beginning the different roles and responsibilities and expectations of each person. Maybe even I've heard one of my friends who has a podcast with a new co-host, she even put a contract into place with the new co-host and they gave kind of like a trial period. That way they both had an opportunity to say what was working and what wasn't working at the end of that trial period. So 
Those are totally great options. That way nothing weird happens and no feelings are hurt. If you monetize or you plan on monetizing your podcast, it's really important to think about that ahead of time if you are choosing a co-host, like who is going to be responsible for getting the sponsorships and how does that all work. One pro of having a co-host is they can help you promote your show even more and possibly alleviate some of the workload. They can help to take the pressure off you. You don't always have to come up with the content that way. And sometimes it can save you from having to be the first one to react during awkward spots in an interview. Um, From time to time, as I mentioned, I bring on guest co-hosts, which feels really good to me. I have Lindsay Taylor from Naughty Good Bites, and I also have Anna Hayes Harless coming on in April. And I will in in the future have other guest co-hosts as well. I like this for me because it helps to mix things up and takes all the pressure off. But I also like doing my own show. So I get the best of both worlds. All right, there's a little more marketing, getting the word out graphics, design. Do you want to start a website for your podcast? Do you want social media accounts just for the podcast itself? Are you going to monetize? How big are your current platforms? That matters because a lot of the people you're going to be sharing about this new podcast with are going to be your current audience. A podcast doesn't just unfortunately go live and sell itself. You have to really share that it's out there and that helps to build up the momentum and then people do start to discover it. That's why I always ask you to leave me a review in iTunes or wherever you listen because that helps the podcast to pop up more frequently for people who may not have heard it yet. There are a lot of podcasts out there. That's great. It means it's getting really normal and making it more popular to listen to podcasts, but it also makes your job a little bit harder to stand out from all that noise. Now, the question I really need to ask you. Did I overwhelm you? I didn't mean to. I just want you to consider these questions before you start a podcast because I want you to start off on a better foot than I did and I want you to save yourself time, money, and frustration. I spent a lot of dollars on producing those first podcast episodes at the beginning. I paid for guests that ended up falling through because they wanted to re-record their episode or they didn't actually give me anything I could use and then I had to make the decision not to air it. So I just want to save you a lot of hardship. My current situation is super low cost. I can bring in guests from all over the world thanks to being able to record at my house and not in a studio. And I have really become better at learning the technology and it's given me a lot of confidence as I learned the process of editing and adding in intros and outros and all of that. Oh, side note, Meg Staples, she asked if you need intro outro music and I would say that you don't need anything, um, but if you want it, which it's awesome you typically do need to purchase it. It runs like 50 to $80 for a song, and you can also get these custom made for you. Like, for example, my guest, Marissa Iman, she does this. She creates custom podcast introduction music for people. Um, there are other musicians that create music for this exact reason. So maybe that's something I'll look into someday, but I like my music for now. Um, I did want to share with you, this is my third iteration of intro music. Here are what my previous two sounded like. Welcome to the She Built This Podcast. 
Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are creating... Okay, that interlude was just for a little bit of fun there. Um, so if after listening to this, you say, yes, a podcast is definitely for me. When do I start? Sign me up. I would love to be the one to help you get an up and running with some of these details, especially on the content. Um, I offer a very affordable 90-minute consult that can help you consider your content, your audience, your purpose, your goal, and then help you dive in a little bit deeper with the tech specific to your needs as well. You can book that on my website, emilyaborn.com. If you've decided, given all of these factors, that a podcast of your own isn't for you, I want to give you some really great alternatives that are just as fun equally beneficial, and less work overall. Number one, Clubhouse. If you haven't heard about Clubhouse, and if you like that audio format, Clubhouse is a great fit for you. It's an audio-only, live-time app, and it allows you to have engaging conversations with people from all over the world. It also gives you the opportunity, I think, to really build credibility, come across as the expert, and be consistent in that adding in your call to action. So you basically get an opportunity to practice all of the things that a podcast allows you to do in a live format. Remember, it's not recorded, it's live. So it's more like a workshop kind of style than a podcast. But it can be a really great way to gain exposure and um, build your Instagram account if you're looking to build your social media accounts. Number two, Facebook Live or Instagram Live, we all probably know about those by now, but those are great ways to do your own little mini episode and get your people engaged in the content that you're providing in a way that's not just doing posts. It's also a good way to practice your speaking skills and audio skills, and the best thing is you don't need anything to get started. You just need to slap on some you know, makeup or wash the sleepy off your face or something, hop on camera. Some people don't even do that. You don't need anything to get started. Number three, um, you can interview on other people's Facebook lives or Instagram lives, or you could even do Instagram, um, you could even do in interviews on yours. So that's something I love doing in the main She Built This group. I call them live and learns, and I really love bringing in guest experts and just interviewing them for like a quick half hour lunchtime um, thing that gives my audience more of a peek inside their brain and their framework. Number four, you can do a YouTube channel or show, same idea as Facebook Live and Instagram Live and all of that jazz, except I think you would probably like to pre-record those things and make them a little more polished. And then number five, you can co-host on other people's shows. A lot of people want guest co-hosts and you can offer to be a guest co-host on other people's shows. This is probably the mo most magical one. Number six, guesting on other people's podcasts. If you just love podcasts, you love doing podcasts, and you love the concept of it, you can be a guest on other people's podcasts. I love it. I was actually just on two today and one last week with Pasha Marlowe, and it is something I help all of my clients consider and work towards. It really can help you to increase your visibility, position yourself as the expert, and share when you have specific things that you want to promote, like a book launch or a membership. It's so great because the podcaster has already built that trust level with their people and then you're getting right into the ears of your ideal audience and they're already basically warmed up to you because they trust the host. 
So now you're wondering, Emily, how do I become a guest on other people's shows? I'm so glad you asked. I actually wrote a whole guide on just that, and it literally walks you through the process from start to finish, how to find shows that align with your message, send out a pitch, what to consider before, during, and after to be an amazing guest. And of course, a couple extra little bonuses in there. Um, I love being a guest on people's podcasts. It's really a win-win because I love helping them promote their show. And I also love to be on the other side of that microphone every once in a while. I mean, technically, I'm not on the other side of the microphone, but you know what I mean. It's fun and it's I just show up. It's easy breezy. You do have to prepare yourself a little bit, but once you get on the roll um, of knowing what you're talking about, it's fairly easy because you're you're pretty much repeating some of the same things all the time. I also help people with this process. So I have something where I work with you for two weeks to perfect your podcast pitching skills and get you set up with the systems you need so that you don't have to try doing this alone. So if you want the guide, you can find it at the link in the show notes or just visit my website, emilyaborn.com. And it's right at the bottom of that page. And if you have any questions that I didn't answer, um, either in this episode or in that guide, you know where to find me. So please drop me a line. Whew, with all that, I think that's it. I am so excited to wrap up this month. Today's March 31st and be on our way into a new month, a new quarter, a new season. As always, it would just be totally silly of me not to ask you to leave me a review on iTunes. Bargains at Heart did so, so sweetly last week, saying Emily keeps us on her toes with her humor while still remaining grounded in current and relatable topics. See that? Thanks to Bargains at Heart, I know that I'm getting closer to achieving my goal of being the most hilarious podcaster that ever lived and providing you actionable tips and inspiration on a weekly basis. All right, with that, that's all I got. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. I love that you're on this journey with me, and I can't wait to see and hear the things that you're going to set into motion after this episode. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.